Welcome to the Freedom Church Podcast. We are so glad that you are investing in your relationship with the Lord by listening to this message. Check out our YouTube channel for a complete log of all of our sermons. If you would like to know more about FC, visit our website at www.freedomfamily.us. God bless and remember that the best is yet to come. Merry Christmas to everyone. So glad to see you guys. Thank you for coming out to Freedom Church today. I hope you've had a blessed, blessed morning. And hey, before I jump in, I want to say thank you to all of our guests that's here today. I want to say thank you to all of you guys that's online. You guys give them some love across the world. We're so glad you're joining in with us. So, I want to tell you something before I jump into this installment this week. Remember, next weekend is Christmas weekend. We know that Christmas Eve is on Saturday and Christmas Day is on Sunday. We're having two services. We're having both the services will be identical. We're having a Christmas Eve service at 5 p.m. And on Christmas Day, we're having one service at 10 a.m. Please plan on coming. Bring your family, your friends. Like I've said before, just say you can't eat till we go to church and they'll probably come with you, okay? So anyway, so that's what, that's what you do in that case. But we have an, a tremendous, a tremendous service planned and, and just praying for God to show up in that. And it's going to be a wonderful time. Going to be family worship with all the kids in here. Got something special for them. So going to be a great, great time. So today we're going to continue our series called God With Us. And when you think about God with us, it's God became flesh and dwelt among men. That's where Jesus came down the stairway of heaven, born of the Virgin Mary, walked among men for 30 years, began his ministry, and then at the age of 33, he gave his sinless life for you and I so that we could be forgiven of our sins, came out of the tomb on the third day. And the same power that brought him out of the tomb on the third day is the same power that you and I can have to live a victorious life for Jesus Christ. So what I want to do, I want to read the verse again in Matthew chapter 1 and verse 23. And it says this, read along with me. It says, look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God God is with us. Look at the person next to you and say, God is with us. Yes. And look back to the other one and say, yeah, I know what he is, you know. We've been talking about the presence of God in different seasons of our lives. First week we talked about God in the valley because sometimes when we, we don't realize that we're on the mountaintop and things are going really good and life is good, but then we find ourselves in a valley And that's where we really get to know God very well, especially in an intimate relationship with Him. Last week, we talked about how that God is with us even in the wilderness. And the wilderness is a lot longer at times. And in the wilderness, and what it reminded you and I of is that sometimes your greatest need that you have becomes a gift that drives you to depend upon God maybe more than you've ever depended upon him in your life. This week, I want to talk about that, how that we all have life in the storms at times and how that God is there. And I want to set it up like this. I don't know if any of you know this or I've shared this before. If I have, many of you probably never heard me say this and tell this, but back in the 80s, I was doing a job called an iron worker. How many of you know what an iron worker is? Raise your hand. I was the crazy guy that got up on the beams and I would run across the beams hundreds of feet in the air and then I would do a connector and we connect the buildings and all that kind of stuff. And I went around the Southeast doing that for a period of time and I'm glad that I got out of that because I probably wouldn't be here. But anyway, (laughs) I fell a couple of times and it wasn't 
wasn't good and caught myself. But anyway, with that being said, we were working in Nashville off of Wilmer Rudolph Parkway down there. And we were working down there. We were building a building. We had topped it out. And then once that we topped the building out, uh, they would always have a top out party and all that kind of stuff and celebrate that we got the building topped out. But then we'd have to start punching bolts. You say, well, what's punching bolts? It's where I would only stick a couple of bolts in to get the beam on there and go out there and cut it loose until we got it all up. But then you go back and punch it out and put all the bolts in to give the strength to the building. So these guys called me the weatherman, the guys I worked with a lot of times, because growing up in my father's home, I kind of could look at the, the storms and everything. Of course, we would listen to the weather back then too, but I could look at the clouds and I can kind of tell when a rain's going to come. So they, they nicknamed me the weatherman. So I remember this one particular day, they always liked if we got dogged off a couple hours early. And you know how those storm showers will blow up in the afternoon. Uh, on, on any day in the summertime. And I told them, I said, I really do believe it's going to start raining about two o'clock. And they're saying, yes, we're going to go home early. They just like doing that. So I'm up on the very top on a penthouse and I've got a bag of bolts and I've got what we called a beater. Really, it was a hammer and it was a six pound hammer. So what you do, you put that pin in the hole and you line up the hole by hitting that bullpen so you can get all the, the bolts punched in it. Well, I remember the storm blew up and the cloud was dark. And I remember a particular time that I'd put my bullpen in there and I'd hit it and I'd hit it. And next thing you know, when I come up to hit again, something grabbed me right here. And I didn't know what it was. And all of a sudden it held on for a second and then it let go. And next thing I know, Margo, our pusher, not a drug pusher, he's not that. He's, he, he's a guy that pushed the crew, you know, kind of like the guy that was over us. He starts saying choice words that we don't say in church or outside of church and telling everybody to get off the building. So we start getting ready to get out of the building, and I took my beater, and I swung it like that to do like this, and let it hit the ground. Went way down there. So we got off the building as quick as we can. And so when I get down there, I said, Margo, I said, what happened? He said, I'll tell you what happened, T. He said, a blue flame come off the end of your hammer this long. I said, what? He said, I seen it with my own eyes. A blue flame come off the end of your hammer this long. We went over to my hammer and to my beater, and you couldn't touch it. It was that hot. And you know what? Some of you know what's wrong with me to this day. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> but anyway, I did. I walked around the days for three days, you know, and they said, he said it was lightning, blue flame. I don't know. I guess God's got something for me to do. But anyway, it came up so fast, so fast. And that's kind of how storms does in our lives, isn't it? You know, I began thinking about even hurricanes, even though they forecast those and they come pretty, you know, you kind of predict those more or less. But um, this summer, you know, we had the one a few months ago, Hurricane Ian down in Florida, which killed, I think, over 125 people and did over $85 billion in damage. And they named the hurricane Ian. Well, we have our own Ian and Brittany Crider here. And I told my wife, I said, I need to text Ian and ask him, how does it feel to have a, a storm-damaging, life-taking storm to be named after you? And she said, don't do that. You'll make him feel bad. I said, but I didn't. So we, we talked about it. But then, I don't know if you know the history of naming storms, but prior to 1954, the meteorologists would name storms after places. You can look this up. They would name them after places. In other words, there was one at time, it was, it was Hurricane Miami, example. You see what I'm saying? But then after 1954, the meteorologists got the bright idea that they were going to start naming the storms, get this, after their wives and their girlfriends. Look it up. You guys know where I'm going. Some of you guys here would like to name a storm out of your wife and your girlfriend, because she goes from a tropical storm to a category five real fast. 
You know what I'm saying? But anyway, and not get this. That was this true story. In 1979, I guess it kind of, it was kind of woken back then, the woke generation. They had to go gender neutral, and that's when they started naming storms after guys too. But also, here's what's interesting. If a storm is very bad and very damaging and one of those, you know, once in a hundred year storms, they retire the name of the storm. But some of you dealing with storms that a storm, like you're having a storm in your life when it, when it comes to storms in your life to where that you're thinking, wow, man, the storm of betrayal. <laughs> or you're having the storm of addiction. Some of you are dealing with a storm of depression. Some of you are dealing maybe the storm of the divorce. Or the storm of cancer. And when those things happen in your life, all of us, whatever it may be, whatever storm hits us and comes at us all at once, lightning strikes and there it is. Where is God? Why is God allowing this to happen? Why doesn't God do something about it? We all find ourselves asking those questions. But I want to encourage you today to let you know that we're all going to face storms. You're either coming out of a storm you're in the middle of a storm, or there's a storm coming at you. No matter sinner, saint, or somewhere in between, that's humanity. But never allow the presence of a storm to make you doubt the presence of God. Never allow the presence of a storm to make you doubt the presence of God. Today, we're going to look in the book of Acts, chapter 27. You can turn in your Bible or turn on your Bible. But what it was happening here is that in chapter 26, we find and read that the apostle Paul that had been in chains and sharing the gospel, and they're coming at him, and, and they don't want him sharing the gospel. He ended up appealing to Caesar. But yet, according to what we read, if he had not appealed to Caesar, they would have let him go. So what they do, they get him, and it reads us in chapter 27, they begin to get ready to take him on a boat, and they're going to begin their venture to be able to take him to Rome to stand before Caesar. And what ends up happening, these men are in the boat. Paul is their prisoner on board. A bad storm blows up, and it's a really, really bad storm. A northeaster, I think, is exactly what the Scripture says. And this thing began to rage so badly that they started throwing things out of the ship, trying throwing over their cargo, whatever they could do, knowing that they were facing losing their lives. We pick up in verse 20, it says in Acts 27, the terrible storm raged for many days, blotting out the sun and the stars until at last all hope was gone. That might be you right now. I've been in ministry now for over 25 years and I've had so many people tell me so many different things. I've had People tell me you know, I'm, I'm, I'm alone and I'm single and it's another Christmas and it doesn't seem like I'm ever going to have anybody. And I've had people come to me and couples say, you know, we have not conceived. We've been trying for years and we just don't know if we're ever going to have a baby. And 
I've had people come to me and say, you know, we're in debt. We'd love to have a house, but it don't seem like we, we can climb out of debt. don't seem like we can get there. Every time something happens that we get our head above water, it seems like something opens a floodgate. I've had people come to me and say, you know, we're trying to hang on in our marriage, but it just don't seem like we're going to be able to make it. I've had people come to me and say, you know what? I've been working real hard. I've been trying to go to school at night, and I've been trying to, to get my degree because I know I can better myself. I want that job that's going to pay more. And it just seems like the storm continues to rage no matter what it is, and it doesn't stop. Listen, let me encourage you. Storms are always going to be, so don't you give up hope today. Don't you give up hope tomorrow. Don't you give up hope ever. Our God is on the throne, and long as my God's on the throne, there's hope for my life. There's hope for your life. There's hope for grander things than what you can ever see, hope, imagine, or even think the Word of God tells us. But storms will always continue to rage. It says in verse 21, it says, no one had eaten for a long time. Finally, Paul called the crew together and said, men, you should have listened to me. Sounds arrogant, don't it? How many of you have told that before? You have. Anyway. It says, men, you should have listened to me in the first place and not left Crete. You would have avoided all this damage and loss. We know that Paul is a spiritual man, but it seems a little cocky to say, I told you so. How many of you have ever told somebody, I told you so? Go ahead and raise your hand, everybody here. Everybody here has done that. I told you so. And, and here's what ends up happening. Sometimes we want to say, you should have listened to me, or we wouldn't be in this mess. Or some people take it another direction. You say, what do you mean? Some people want to blame the devil for everything. How many of you know somebody likes to blame the devil for everything? Sometimes it's not about blaming the devil for everything. The reason you're in the situation you're in is because your own stupid decisions. I've done it before, and you've done it before. You say, what do you mean, Pastor? The devil caused this storm. No, sometimes it's our own selves that causes a storm. In a storm, because sometimes maybe you're thinking, I can't, we can't pay all our bills. Well, you made a bad decision in spending too much money. We don't understand. They're against me now. Well, maybe you popped your mouth off when you should have kept your mouth shut. Or maybe you weren't considerate of somebody else's feelings instead of your own. Or maybe it's a situation where the, you needed to go to work, but you procrastinated and you got fired. And now you're blaming the devil that you lost your job. Or maybe someone told you not to date that guy. Your mama told you, your daddy told you, your best friend told you, your pastor even told you, and you read a horoscope that told you not to date the guy. Now you find yourself in a mess, but you're blaming the devil. How many of you here today have been in that situation where the, somebody gave you reasons to give up hope, and they were in a storm, and you're in a storm because, though, the bad decisions you made? We've all done that. How many of you like me? I, I kind of get excited about the new year. How many of you are excited about the new year? I'm excited about Christmas. I get excited. Yes, I'm, I'm excited about 2023. And we're going to do a series of messages to talk about how that God is a God that wants to help us. He's going to give us a new slate. He's going to give us new opportunities. He's going to give us a mulligan. He's going to give us a do-over. He's going to give us a fresh start. But whenever you get to do that, that's what's exciting about the new year. So we're going to talk about the new year and the fresh start. And here's what I want you to understand. A lot of times when I'm talking about here about bad decisions and things that happen, sometimes the decision is what we make. But if we will take the Word of Almighty God and base all of our decisions on it with God's help, I promise you, you'll have a better life. Are you with me? Say yes. That's what I'm talking about. So I hope you'll be here with us as we kick this off on January 8th. So... I wanted to share that with you. But it's easy to believe sometimes for us, especially as Christ followers, that God is going to get us out of something if God allowed us to get, us, get it, allowed, He allowed us to get into it. 
But it's more difficult to see God getting us out of something when we got ourselves into something. So it's more so when you look at this story here, for some of the crew that was on this ship and they were on this boat and they were in this storm, listen to me, it wasn't their decision that caused it. Someone else caused it, and it's not their fault. And some of the crew might not have wanted to go when they were still sailing forward and knowing that a storm was coming. So let me ask you this. How many of you have ever been in a storm because of someone else in your life? Raise your hand. A whole lot of us. Be careful. Don't do no elbowing. You're sitting next to the person, you know, something like that. You know what I'm saying? Like me, sometimes we trust somebody. And I think all of us here has trusted somebody and, and we got burnt. Wasn't your fault. Some of you may be here and your parents got a divorce. Wasn't your fault. But then you tried to start making sense as a kid of two worlds. Mom's world, dad's world. Kind of like Four Christmases with Vince Vaughn and Reese Witherspoon, you know. Some of you experienced that already. It's that every year. Maybe it's a situation where you find yourself just in bewilderment because you're wanting to be able to, to do something and, and you can't move forward with it because there's a bad decision that's been made where you work. You were hoping to have some great things for Christmas, but yet your company made some bad decisions. The next thing you know, right before Christmas, you found yourself in the downsizing and the salary's gone as well as the job. Things like this happen. But never allow yourself to think that God's presence is not in that storm that you're going through. Look what it says in verse 22 and 23. Paul says, but take courage. Say, take courage. None of you will lose your lives, even though the ship will go down. For last night, an angel of God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me. Did you hear that? An angel stood beside me. Paul is saying this. And there's more ways than you can ever imagine that God is with us in the storm. Understanding that I think sometimes we forget as Christ followers that there are angels all around us right now. I mean, just take the time. I'm going to high five them. Woo, yes, they're here. Booyah. They're all around us. They're around me. They're around you. They're with us all the time. And that's what Paul is pointing out here. That the angel of the Lord is here beside him. And his spirit of God dwells within us. And here's what happens. God goes before us when we're going through these storms. And he hears our prayers when we're crying out. And he's comforting us. And he's trying to guide us. And he's looking out for us no matter what we're going through. Listen to me. Never let the presence of a storm ever make you doubt the presence of God. Because God is with us through every storm. The psalmist David said this in Psalm 16 and 8. I know the Lord is with me. I will not be shaken for he is right beside me. See, I think it takes a heart change and a new mindset to be able to change when you, you, you realize that God really is with me. You have a confidence level that goes up. Sometimes in our lives, when things hits us and we're in the middle of the storm, we think nobody cares and nobody's there with us and God's not around us. And next thing you know, you're living in an insecure lifestyle. But when you understand that God is with you, next thing you know, your courage goes up. Your confidence goes up. The power of God goes up in your life. And you begin to know that he's real, he's true, and he's faithful. And there's an expectation that you know that God has got you and he's got your situation. That's what God does. 
the angel right beside him. How many of you were like me when I was in school and I started junior high, which is now middle school? How many of you will raise your hand and say you got picked on? A whole lot of us. I remember when I started the seventh grade. For us, it was seventh, eighth, and ninth is how it was for junior high. What's now middle schools is I think it's sixth through eighth, but I'd never been one to be in fights or anything like that. And I had a friend that started coming to school with me, and these people were picking on me. Well, when I started hanging out with this friend and I would walk with him, then for some reason they didn't pick on me because they knew they'd have to deal with him. You know, and so I could walk down through there and looking at people and it's picking on me and just look at him. He's walking beside me. They wouldn't do nothing, you know, you know, because <laughs> I knew he was beside me. I knew he was there and he helped my confidence to be able to be able to grow and, and who I was and not be so insecure about my life. And see, it's all about who's in the boat with you in your life. It's all about who's standing beside you. Reminds me of the story there, and I think it's in Matthew and Mark, when the disciples headed out across the Sea of Galilee, and I've been, um, been honored to be there several times and be on the Sea of Galilee in, in Israel. And uh, storms grow up, will blow up quickly, and next thing you know, you've got monster waves because of how quick that they blow up. I think it's uh, seven miles wide, 13 miles long, and it's very deep. And the, Jesus, they had, it was in the boat with them. He had been doing ministry. He was tired, and they headed out across the Sea of Galilee, and, and he was asleep, and the storm blew up. And next thing you know, the disciples were freaking out. They thought they were going to die and said, Lord, how you, can you sleep? We're going to perish and all this stuff. And then Jesus, they wake Jesus up, and Jesus stands up and commands the sea and the waves and says, peace, be still, peace be still. And when I think about that moment when all of a sudden they realize he's the son of God. See, peace is not in the absence of the storm. Peace is found in the presence of Jesus. No matter what we face in our lives. When you follow Jesus, let me say this, it does not mean you're not going to have storms. It does not mean you're going to have, not going to have bad days or, or months or sometimes it feels like years. It doesn't mean you're not going to have trials. You're not going to have troubles and they're not going to come into your life. No, it doesn't mean it's going to be like that because Jesus told us in John's gospel, chapter 16 and verse 33, he said, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me no matter what you're facing. He said, here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. See, real peace is not found in the absence of storms in our lives. Real peace is found in the presence of the heartfelt born-again relationship that we have with Jesus Christ. Our story goes on to verse 23 and 24, and it says, For last night, and I read it again, For last night an angel of God, Paul says, To whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me. And he said, Don't be afraid. Paul, for you will surely stand trial before Caesar. What's more, God in his goodness has granted safety to everyone. Say everyone. Selling with you. In other words, he's saying, Paul, listen to me. You're not going to go down with a bow. You who still have to stand trial before Caesar, you still have things that I want you to do. When you think about storms in our lives, there's different kinds of storms. There's a storm of correction. 
You say, what do you mean? The storm of correction is where that you are out of God's will. You know it. God knows it. So God will send a storm into your life to get you to be able to get back on course so that you can get back into God's will. You can get back to where God wants you to be so you can be effective in following Jesus and everything that you do. But then there's a storm of perfection. That is when God is helping you to grow. He wants you to grow up in Him. He wants you to be able to have a life to where that you are a person that you're not going to go down in a battle. You've got plenty of battles that you're going to fight. God's not finished with you yet. God knows that there's people in your life that He wants to use you to be able to bless. There's more opportunities for you to give. There's more opportunities for you to serve. There's more opportunities for you to make a difference. But then also there's a storm of direction. God wants to use you to point more people to Him. And you know what's sad about the American church? The American church, holistically, has gotten very lazy. Because of the consumer mindset of the American church, we come to church based on what we can get, not based on what God wants to give and work through us. So when you become a Christian, we move from being a consumer to being a contributor. And I began to think through, just thinking about all the people that God wants to use a storm of direction to get us to point more people to Him. In Gallatin alone, probably over 50,000 people in this city, probably around 40 plus thousand on any given Sunday has not fell in love with Jesus yet to say, I want to go worship with His people. I want to go and praise this holy name. I want to go and sing, oh, how I love Jesus. So God wants to use me. God wants to use you. And sometimes he wants to bring that storm of direction to wake us up and say, I need you to be the hands and feet of Jesus. There's people that need me. There's people in your circle. I want you to help me get it. Matter of fact, on New Year's Day, New Year's Day, it's on Sunday this year. I'm going to be here sharing the state of the church in a 2023 a direction of what we're doing. I got some exciting things I can't wait to reveal on that day about 2023 because I'm excited about it. And I hope that those of you that call it family here, that you'll be here for that day. But God is doing some amazing things and God will use what you learn in the storm to be able to help someone else through their storm. Did you know that? You say, what do you mean, pastor? Maybe you're a cancer survivor and you survived it. You got through it, but yet God brings about a relationship to where somebody else has got cancer and they're about ready to throw in the towel and God wants to use, do them, use you to encourage them not to give up hope in their life. Maybe you're one that you were addicted, whether it's drugs or alcohol, but that addiction almost, you almost succumbed to that addiction. But all of a sudden, God gave you victory through His Son, Jesus Christ. And now God wants to give you the opportunity to go and touch somebody else's life and say, if I can break free, you can break free. Because when the Son sets you free, you're free indeed. That's what God can do. Maybe you're the one that you're, you're trying your best to overcome the unfaithfulness in your marriage. But yet you're finding a way to forgive. And then when you found a way to forgive and trust again somebody else you know that you can encourage them and the very comfort that God gave you and the great things he'd done in your life, you can be someone to give them hope not to give up and to throw in the towel. 
That's a God who loves us. And maybe you, you're the one that climbed out of debt. You didn't think you could do it, but you can encourage someone else to help them climb out of debt and see them, instead of being overcome by those things. And you can tell others it can be done. Listen to me. God uses storms in our lives to bring him glory, but yet uses us to help others see that there's sunshine, sunshine on the other side of the storm. That's what he does. Look at verse 25 in Acts 27. So take courage. Here's Paul saying again, to tell him to take courage. For I believe God, and it will be just as he said. You see that? I believe God, and it will be just as he said. See, faith is not in what I see. Faith is in what God says he's going to do. The faith is not in a boat, but it's in a God who commands the winds and the seas. And you and I cannot control our situations. I can't control it. You can't control it. You can't control when the storm starts. You can't control how the storm hits. You can't control how long it is. And you can't control what people do. You can't control what people say. But listen to me. I know a God who loves us. And you know what? He through him and your relationship with Jesus, you can control who you listen to and what you say. And you can control in God what you believe, who you believe, and God can do amazing things when you place your faith in him. Because what God says, it's going to happen because my God lives on a throne and he's an amazing God. He's a loving God. He's a merciful God. And he's a God you can take into the bank and he's going to do it for you. When God says it and you believe it, it's going to happen. That's God. Praise his holy name. The psalmist in chapter 46 in the message, I love how this reads. Verses 1 through 3. God is a safe place to hide. ready to help when we need him. We stand fearless at the cliff edge of doom, courageous in the sea storm and earthquake. Before the rush and roar of oceans, the tremors that shift mountains, Jacob wrestling God fights for us. God of angel armies protects us. This is how we could really relate these verses and bring it back to a point that you really understand. And maybe instead of you worrying about the economy, whether the interest rates are high and what you can do and how things are going to go, that you don't worry about that. You just understand that God is a safe place to help. He's going to help you in that time of need. Or maybe when the relationship breaks down and you're thinking it's going to go away. No, you just focus on God. God's ready to help in a time of need. Maybe you sent out that resume and you haven't heard back yet and you're thinking, man, I'm not going to be able to get this job. God, I need you in this moment. God is what I need. Listen to me. God is what I need. God is what you need. And it's in that moment that we take our relationship to the next level and we say, God is my safety. God is my strength. He is my comforter. He is my source. He is my redeemer. He is my sustainer. He is my provider. He is my assurance. He is my salvation. And he is my living water. And he is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. I'm with God and God's going to help me stick it out of this storm because there's sunshine on the other side of the storm. And I know my God's got me. That's what it is for us church. I'm telling you, never let the presence of a storm make you doubt the presence of God. Peace isn't found in the absence of the storm. Peace is found in the presence of a good God. 
through a relationship you have with Jesus Christ. Emmanuel, God with us. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. My faith isn't in what I see. My faith is in what God says. Would you stand with me as we pray? Thank you, Holy Father, today. We thank you for your wonderful presence, your power, your grace, your mercy. God, I pray right now from the depths of my soul that you would please help each one here today. God, that may be hurting, that may be broken, it may be without understanding, wondering maybe, God, where you are in the midst of their storm. As we continue to pray, I want to ask you a question, and I'm going to ask you to be vulnerable for God. How many of you would just lift your hand right now and just say, man, I am in a storm right now. Just lift your hand real high toward heaven. Lift your hand real high. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you for your honesty. I want to pray with you and we're going to have a time and we're going to invite you to come up here and pray and I'm going to ask our pastors to come up here and we want to give everyone the opportunity to be prayed with and be prayed over and it's a great place to pray is in God's house. God, I just pray that you'll let each one know that your presence is real and your presence is stronger now than it's ever been, God. Let them know that, God. Pray, God, you're going to give them peace and give them comfort. So as we get ready to have a time up front here, God, do an amazing work, God. Give each one the strength to be able to come and to pray. God, it's a beautiful place. Thank you for that. May you comfort each one. Give them your holy presence. Give them real peace in their storm. Show them you're real. As people are already coming, would you just come right on us? We're going to take a moment. We want to pray with you. Just come right on. Don't worry about who's around you. It doesn't matter. It's you and your storming God. Just come right on. Don't let the enemy stand on your feet. Just come right on. Love to pray with you. Pray over you.
Father, you're so graceful. Despite ourselves, whether the storm we're in we caused or whether it wasn't ever our fault, God, you're a God who loves us. You're a God who's there for us. You're a God who always stands beside us. We praise your name for that. Today, as we continue praying, Maybe you're here today as we continue praying and you find yourself like I did a long time ago, that my sin caught up with me. And I cried out to a holy God because I was hurting so bad because my sin separated me from God. See, the good news is, is that God loves me and God loves you. And he proved his love to us more than you could ever imagine. So much that he became one of us, Emmanuel, God with us, God living in the human person of Jesus Christ, God and man. And that's why Jesus Christ came, that he could be the perfect sacrifice, sinless sacrifice for our sins. And God's sinless son saved my soul, and he can do that for anyone that he convicts of their sin and you ask him into your heart. So today, maybe that's you and you know the Lord is knocking on your heart as we continue to pray. This is a special day because God wants you to experience the peace and love and grace and mercy that only he can give. So right now, as we pray right now, I want to ask you, if you've never asked Jesus Christ into your heart, that you would pray to him right where you're at as you feel him knocking on your heart. Just open your heart to him and say, Lord Jesus, just tell him I invite you into my heart today. I believe in you. I confess my sins to you, the things I've done wrong. Please make me new, Lord. I'll follow you, Lord, all of my days. Please, Lord, salvage me. Transform me. Save me. Tell him, say, my life's yours. If you feel the peace that passes all understanding come into your life, just thank him for that, and he's going to give you the presence and the power of his Holy Spirit to lead you from this point forward. If you prayed that prayer and you meant it from your soul and you know you've been born again, you've got that peace, just lift your hand real high to heaven and say, yes, I prayed that prayer. Just lift your hand real high across the auditorium right now. Give God glory for that. All right, let's give God praise. Father, right now, God, we love you. We praise you. We honor you. We thank you, God, for what you're doing. We thank you for the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit, God. We pray, God, that you'll continue to do mighty things in your house, God, through your people who come and are excited to know you as Lord and Savior. And it's in your name we pray. Let's lift the roof off this place. We got a good God we love and serve. Yes. Praise his holy name today. We are so thankful that you are here today. God is so good. And uh, we're going to go into a time of giving. Please don't take off. Got some wonderful things to share with you real quick. But if you would, we're going to go into a time of giving. And as we get ready to do that, I want to say to you, first and foremost, if you gave your life to Christ and you prayed and you know you received Jesus as your Lord, I'd love to give you a gift of a Bible. I'll be over at Next Steps right across from the coffee house over there. If you prayed that prayer and you know you did, come and see us. If you need prayer, come and see us. If you need to talk to someone, come and see us. Don't leave here burdened. We want you to leave here blessed. We have an entire prayer team. We'd love to, to talk with you and spend time with you 
in that. So be sure if you gave your life to Christ, take a card out of the back of the seat. And, and maybe if you're in a hurry, I get that. Just fill out, say, I gave my life to Christ. We're going to follow up with you this week, and we'll let you know your next steps. And about baptism is your next step beyond your salvation experience with Jesus. And uh, we'd love to do that. But also, maybe you're here and you're brand new today. If you would, do me a huge favor. Take a card out of the back of the seat. And uh, we love it that brand new people come. Fill it out. Put as much information on it as you care to. Go out to the info desk and take it to them. They're going to give you a gift to say thank you to commemorate this day that you came to Freedom Church. Thank you so much. It means a lot to us. And also, give us a 3P. You say, what do you mean? Come at least three times and, and let us see. And it really can't, you can't really figure out if it's your church today. But give us a 3P and check it out because everybody needs a church family. Now, I'm going to pray over the offering. And there's multiple ways you can give electronically. You can do it on the kiosk, on our app. You can do it on our website. You can do it tangibly as you leave with our ushers. But I want to say thank you for your faithful giving of how you give back to God Almighty. So we're going to pray over that right now, and then I will tell you one more thing, and then we will go. Father, we love you. We thank you for the privilege we get to give back to you. What we have is yours anyway. So we bring tithes and give offerings to you, God, just to say thank you for blessing our lives so we can be a blessing to you, Lord. Freedom Church exists to reach people to know God, and collectively together may we do that to bring you honor and glory for the many that need your Son, Jesus Christ. Bless each one. And we thank you for this beautiful day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Remember, once again, this coming weekend, 5 p.m. on Saturday, Christmas Eve, or 10 a.m. on Christmas Day. Last but not least, be sure to go out here and check out the animals. I love it. And this week I posted about it because I was able to go to Israel a long time, uh, several times, and I went to the cave in Bethlehem where the animals actually were. And I always thought, man, that's what I love about these animals. They got a glimpse of the humility of Christ coming in the world to save our sins as a sacrificial lamb. So go out there. They told me there's actually three three camels out there. So I want to go out there and check them out. Go out there and get, let them spit on you, rub on them, let your kids get all nasty. You can give them a bathroom to get home. I love you. See you next weekend.